Deuteronomy chapter 22. Chapter 21, we're kind of skipping a lot of what I call redundant laws and so forth for the Jewish people that really don't have much application for us today since we're under grace. They're good for us to know. They're good for us to apply when, of course, we can. But chapter 21 concluded with God saying through Moses, Cursed is any man who is killed by hanging upon a tree. And I believe the thought here is to hang there exposed up on a tree, up on a cross, for all the world to see you suffering die is a cursed thing. And our Lord Jesus hung upon the tree, the cross of Calvary, and Jesus had all the sins of the world placed upon him. He bore our sins. And he was cursed by God, the Father, because of those sins. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. And with this came tremendous shame. Shame that God the Father looked upon Jesus with. And we read in Hebrews how Jesus says he despised the cross knowing what the cross represented. But Jesus endured the cross for our redemption. Jesus, God's sacrifice, God's requirement for a right standing between himself and us. And we will go out, go throughout eternity Worshiping and praising the Lord for enduring the cross for us. So we come to Deuteronomy 22, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4 here. And we have Moses here. He's reminding Israel of God's law. There are a lot of shall nots, and there are a few you shall. So let's read Deuteronomy 22, 1 through 4. You shall not see your brother's ox or his sheep going astray, and hide yourself from them. You shall certainly bring them back to your brother. And if your brother is not near you, or if you do not know him, then you shall bring it to your own house, and it shall remain with you until your brother seeks it. Then you shall restore it to him. You shall do the same with his donkey, or so shall you do with his garment. With any lost thing of your brother's which he has lost and you have found, you shall do likewise. You must not hide yourself. You shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fall down along the road and hide yourself from them. You shall surely help him lift them up again. Uh, Things that probably we wouldn't think would apply to us today. But in Israel at that time, they were an agrarian society. And most of the people raised uh, their own animals. They raised them for food. They raised them for clothing. And you also had work animals, oxen and donkeys. And you were required as an Israelite to be watching out for your neighbor's animals. Not long ago, 
I bought a young bull to raise and slaughter. They're good. And on delivery of this bull, my friend, he pulls his trailer into my pasture. My other cows come running up. They're all excited. They got to see what's coming into the pasture. And they come running to investigate. And the excitement of my cows caused this bull to bolt and run. He ran through my electric fence. He ran down the road. He went through one of my neighbor's barbed wire fence. But at least now he's fenced up. And we looked at each other, my friend and I, and we said, let's give him a little while to calm down. <laughs> and we will go back and try to capture him later. But this young bull had plenty of room to roam and to capture him, and he was in a pasture of about probably 20 to 30 acres, that's going to be a dilemma. Israel had the same kind of problems with their large animals. How to contain them, how to keep them under control, it was a chore for Israel, and if you've got animals today, it's a chore for you today. But it was so much of a problem in Israel that you could not hide or avoid helping your neighbor. It's not a when if an animal gets out. It's not an if. It's going to happen sooner or later. So they had to help one another with wandering animals. And if the animal's owner wasn't around, you were to bring it to your house until your brother came looking for it. Now this meant you had to take care of that animal. You had to feed it, you had to water it, and you know, just basically give it what it needed. But back to my bull story. We let my neighbor know that our bull was loose in their pasture. She had a reply for me. I need you to get that bull out of my pasture. It will scare my horses. And I looked at her and I said, lady, we're doing all we can. <laughs> it took us three days to capture that bull. Uh, we had to bring in portable corral panels. We brought in another cow to induce him into the corral panels. We brought in feed to try to entice him into a trailer. But eventually we did capture the bull. And you do not force a young bull to do anything. You can try to coax them into doing what you want, but you, you know, like into a corral or a trailer, but you don't force them. Don Jenkins, fellow cattleman, he will verify that bulls will go through a fence, they will go over a fence, and it has to be extremely sturdy to keep them in if they want to get out. And in Israel, if your neighbor's donkey or ox fell down, perhaps into a ditch alongside the road, you were required to help that neighbor get them out of the ditch. 
that's peculiar because we have unwritten laws today that maybe not all of us know about. Say you come upon a police officer and he's scuffling, maybe wrestling with a suspect, and this guy's trying to take his gun. You're required to help that police officer, whether you realize it or not, especially if he asks you for his help. So how does that fit in? Today we have news photographers. They will go out and they will film violence, usually against police officers, and they refuse to help a police officer because they want to film what's happening versus helping. But we have responsibilities here in our society to be a good neighbor. We also have responsibility to be a witness. You ever seen an accident and you left the scene because you didn't want to be troubled by it? Well, I have. <laughs> if you witness an accident and one of the vehicles has perhaps violated a traffic law, that person needs you as a witness. They need you to say, hey, this guy ran the red light or whatever. And many times the witness will solve the dispute. We need to be a good neighbor then. We need to be a good Christian because we have certain obligations in our society. And Moses, he continues, if your fellow man has lost something valuable, perhaps his wallet, you ever lose your wallet? You're not allowed to claim losers, weepers, finders, keepers. We're not allowed that one. Recently, I left my wallet on a counter uh, of a tractor parts store and I'm writing a check. Hours later, I discover I don't have my wallet. Panic sets in. You know, if you've ever done that, you go, oh no, where have I left it? What did I do with it? And my mind races, you know, where, where have I left my wallet? Then I remember and I called the parts store and they had my wallet. So that was a relief. My cash was still in the wallet. My credit cards were still in the wallet. And I was amazed. You know, these clerks at the store were so honest and so helpful. And that was a good experience. And, all you know, when you lose something, it's no, not always a good experience. Too many times, it's a bad experience. But this was a good one. But let's move on to Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. If a bird's nest happens to be before you along the way, in any tree or on the ground, the young ones or eggs which the mother is sitting on, uh, these eggs, you take or you may take, and the mother but not the mother with the young. You shall surely let the mother go and take the young for yourself, that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days. When you build a new house, then you shall make a railing for your roof, that you may not bring guilt on, or bloodshed on the household if anyone falls from it. 
you shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. You shall not wear a garment of different sorts, such as wool and linen mixed together. You shall not make tassels. You shall make tassels on the four corners of the clothing which you cover yourself. Now, it almost seems nonsensical, some of these laws, but verse 5 clearly deals with cross-dressing, and God says it's an abomination to him. Now, we're not going to get into Bruce Jenner, and I'm sure you're glad. Don't understand it. But anyway, Moses has previously explained God's concern for animals. God wants us to help his animals. They're part of his creation. And now he even comes down and he starts talking about a bird's nest. He says, if you desire to take eggs from a nest, perhaps for food, or to raise young for future food, that's okay. But do not take the mother bird. Whether it be a sparrow or a edible fowl of some sort. Now, deer hunters know that only under certain conditions and certain times of the deer season are you allowed to kill a doe deer. Out at our little farm, we have three ponds, we have a creek, we have all kinds of water, lots of water. And water is great for breeding mosquitoes. But we have lots of birds. And lots of birds eat lots of mosquitoes. And we have swallows in particular. And these swallows, they'll build nests everywhere and anywhere. They'll build them in the front porch. They'll build them uh, in the barn. They'll build them in the carport. And when George and Luann were back from Africa staying with us, we had a pair of swallows build a nest in our carport. Before you knew it, Mama Swallow is sitting on eggs, and soon we have five baby birds in this tiny little mud nest. No feathers. All you saw was just their little beaks, the wide open. And we're waiting uh, for Mother to feed them where we can watch this. And, the, and their mud nest, though, it was high up on a shelf above a concrete floor. And George and I, we're watching these babies grow. The nest is getting crowded. So we place a little shelf under the nest. We don't want these baby birds to fall out and fall to the floor and die. We thought we were being good guys. But the birds never fell, and one day all the birds flew away, happy. But it was amazing to see God taking care of his animal kingdom. And it was a delight to see the care of God the Father for his animals. And it, you know, it was comforting to see that. Now, I have a few cows, and Don has a few cows. He's got a few more than me, but we won't talk about that. Uh, but minutes after a baby calf is born, it's up 
walking around nursing. I mean, within an hour, they're on their feet nursing from mom. And to see God's care and concern in the animal kingdom, well, it's, it's touching to this country boy. It's just beautiful. But anyway, let's turn to Matthew chapter 10, and we'll have Jesus talk to us about sparrows. Matthew chapter 10, verse 27 through 31. Jesus starts out, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. Jesus is giving a teaching to his disciples, and he's telling them, what I tell you in private, what I whisper in your ear, you preach it from the housetops. And Jesus is saying to all disciples and all of his followers, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Statements like this tend to get the disciples' attention. And Jesus uses an example of sparrows right after he talked about don't be afraid of death. And then he goes to sparrows. Sparrows, two are sold for a penny. That's not quite worthless, but it's pretty near. Right? Now we read of God's love for his kingdom, even what we would almost consider worthless little sparrows. Not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Notice Jesus did not say apart from your father's knowledge. He said apart from your father's will. Consider now, we're going to move up the food chain just a little here. Possums, raccoons, skunks, squirrels, armadillos, all of these are roadkill. They are still part of God's creation. I can't say that when I drive down the road, and there's a lot of dead animals out in the roads out in the country, that I give much concern or thought going past some roadkill. But know that God does. It's part of his creation. He made them. So let's think back to not killing a mother bird or perhaps a mother deer. About two years ago, maybe three, I bought a mini cooper. Coming home one evening, it's 
just got dark good, a doe deer jumps out in front of me and wham, one dead deer. My insurance covered the damage and it was around $5,500 to repair the car, quite a bit of damage. But about a year later, we sold the Mini Cooper. We sold it to Lori's sister and brother-in-law. They hook it up behind their motor home and they're gonna tour the country towing the Mini Cooper behind. But I got a text picture from them this past week and they're out in Utah. They text me a picture of the Cooper. Wham, they have just hit a doe deer and totaled the Cooper, same car. That Mini Cooper went down in history as a deer slayer. But God cared. So why does Jesus give us a lesson on sparrows? The most common of little birds. Virtually of no value. Jesus wants all of mankind to know not one of these little birds fall to the ground and dies apart from the Father's will. That's pretty amazing. God wants us to know how completely he loves and controls all of the animal kingdom. And God also wants us to know how complete his knowledge is and care for each one of us. That he says the very hairs of your head are numbered and he knows that number. Now, in my case, that's a constant reduction. I can live with it. But God's complete knowledge of each and every one of us is so detailed that the adding and subtracting of hairs on our head is in his full knowledge. That's complete knowledge. Now, I had my wife look up. I had her, I said, Google this. How many hairs on a human head? The average is about 100,000 hairs. About 100,000 hairs, and God knows. That, and he knows the number. So if God knows the number of hairs on our head, God also cares about our aches and our pains. He cares about our likes and our dislikes, our goals, our aspirations. God cares when your feelings are hurt. God cares when you're misunderstood or mistreated. Now take this in context. God cares about our egos. He cares about how we feel about ourselves. Each and every person, especially believers, are of great value to God. Because he says you're worth more than many sparrows. 
mankind is the top of God's creation. Jesus did not die for the animal kingdom. Jesus died, suffered the cross, where you and I could have a right standing with God the Father. Not for a lifetime, but forever, for eternity. What a God we serve. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we want to thank you for loving us so much. We don't understand why you love us so much, but we're so happy, so grateful that you do, Lord. To know that you were so willing to suffer the shame of the cross, the agony of the cross, for us just to have a right relationship with the Father. It's mind-boggling to us, Lord. You even tell us that the angels look into our salvation with questions. And Lord, I'm sure we don't fully understand it, but it's so great for us to know we have such a good shepherd. We have a Lord and a God who's willing to go suffer the cross and its shame for our benefit. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering the cross for us. Lord, may we, by your Spirit, live a holy life that's pleasing to you. May that be our response, that we appreciate our salvation to the point where it changes our lives in the way we live. Thank you for giving us meaning. Thank you for giving us hope. And Lord, we just graciously say to you, our Lord and our God, thank you. Thank you for having complete knowledge of us, and you still love us. And we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I give you the blessing, we're having a potluck. You know, that's good times. Always have plenty of food. We got plenty of food. Got plenty of food. So, Please stay around, have some fellowship. We'll have a potluck immediately, but let me give you a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.